Chapter 5 Doctrine, Joint Force, and Mobilization Section 5a Doctrine 5.1 Doctrine Defined Every airman needs doctrine to fundamentally understand how he or she contributes to making our Air Force the best in the world. It tells us how to effectively and efficiently apply air power to help defend our nation. We should understand that doctrine is the airman's inheritance, passed down from airmen before us. It is our war-fighting legacy. Doctrine tells us who we are and why our Air Force exists. Doctrine is the distilled warfighting experience and knowledge of our Air Force heroes, leaders, theorists, and scholars. Most importantly, doctrine captures and crystallizes the warfighting lessons learned of every day. It is our responsibility to continually improve Air Force doctrine through experience and debate, so we can pass down our best practices and our lessons learned to tomorrow's airmen. I'm firmly convinced that leaders are not born. They're educated trained, and made, as in every other profession. To ensure a strong, ready Air Force, we must always remain dedicated to this process. General Curtis E. LeMay, CSAF, 1961-1965 Fundamentals of Doctrine Military service is based on values that experience has proven to be vital for operational success. The complexity of integrating fighting elements according to doctrine and the uncertainty inherent in rapidly developing contingency operations demands that planning and employment be understood and repeatable. Meeting the challenges of this rapidly changing world requires understanding and application of doctrine. Doctrine exists as joint doctrine, multinational doctrine, and service doctrine. Joint doctrine. The growing threats to United States and allied interests throughout the world demand U.S. armed forces be proficient across the range of military operations. The fundamental principles that guide operations are recorded in joint doctrine. The purpose of joint doctrine is to enhance the effectiveness of joint operations by providing fundamental principles that guide the employment of the military toward a common objective. Joint doctrine promotes a common perspective from which to plan, train, and conduct military operations. The foundations of joint doctrine represent what is taught, believed, and advocated for, what is right and what works best. Joint operations are conducted routinely and efficiently in the current operational environment. To maintain and enhance this efficiency, joint leaders must diligently study, apply, teach, and ultimately provide insights to improve joint doctrine. JB1 Doctrine for the Armed Forces of the United States provides fundamental principles and overarching guidance for the U.S. Armed Forces and forms the core for our forces to be able to fight as a unified force, a joint team. Joint doctrine is authoritative guidance and will be followed, except when in the judgment of the commander or exceptional circumstances dictate otherwise. Multinational Doctrine some nations possess doctrine and training programs with a full treatment of strategic, operational, and tactical issues. Other nations have doctrine and training programs smaller in both scope and capability to match their national goals and objectives. Multinational doctrine, as it applies to air power, describes the best way to integrate and employ U.S. Air Forces with the forces of allies in coalition warfare. It establishes principles, 
organization, and fundamental procedures agreed upon between or among Allied forces. When developed as a result of a treaty, as in North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, multinational doctrine is directive. When the U.S. armed forces participate in multinational operations, our commanders follow multinational doctrine and ratified, approved procedures. For multinational doctrine and procedures not ratified by the United States, commanders should evaluate and follow multinational command doctrine and procedures where applicable and consistent with law, policy, and guidance. Service doctrine. Our service doctrine, Air Force doctrine, is developed by the Curtis E. LeMay Center for Doctrine Development and Education at Maxwell Air Force Base, Alabama. Our doctrine provides best practices for organization, planning, and employment of global power. As air, space, and cyberspace capabilities improve, airmen must also incorporate new concepts, lessons learned, and technologies into our development and application processes. Additional information about Air Force Doctrine publications can be found at http colon forward slash forward slash www.doctrine.af.mil forward slash. Note, the LeMay Center traces its lineage to the Air Corps Tactical School at Langley Field, Virginia. Through a series of changes in name and location, the school evolved into the Doctrine Development Center of the Air Corps and became a preparatory school for Air Corps officers aspiring to attend the U.S. Army's Command and General Staff College. In 1946, the Army Air Force created the Air University to continue with the Air Corps Tactical School objectives. Today, the LeMay Center remains an essential doctrinal development element within Air University. 5.2 Levels of Air Force Doctrine Air power is never prosecuted alone, and not one military contingency or operation, whether in peacetime or wartime, can optimize its objective without space or cyberspace. The proper application of air power requires a comprehensive doctrine of employment and an airman's perspective. Information addressed in Air Force doctrine, whether directly or indirectly, applies to airmen on a daily basis. Lessons presented in doctrine, while written for the purpose of understanding warfighting, often can be applied under a range of contexts that enhance decision-making and strengthen leadership across the Air Force. Air Force doctrine is addressed at three levels, basic, operational, and tactical. These levels speak to the intellectual content of the doctrine. Basic doctrine. Basic doctrine, contained in Air Force Doctrine Volume 1. Basic Doctrine and Air Force Doctrine Volume 2, Leadership, is the Air Force's premier statement of our beliefs and the cornerstone upon which our service identity is based. Basic Doctrine states the most fundamental and enduring beliefs that describe and guide the proper use, presentation, and organization of forces in military action. Basic Doctrine describes the elemental properties of air power and provides the airman's perspective. Because of its fundamental and enduring character, basic doctrine provides broad and continuing guidance on how our Air Force is organized, employed, equipped, and sustained. Because it expresses broad, enduring fundamentals, basic doctrine changes relatively slowly compared to the other levels of doctrine. As the foundation of all doctrine, 
Basic Doctrine sets the tone and vision for doctrine development for the future. Operational Doctrine Operational Doctrine Contained in Air Force Doctrine Annex 3 Command and the Associated Air Force Doctrine Annexes Describes detailed organization of forces and applies the principles of basic doctrine to military actions. Operational Doctrine guides the proper organization and employment of air, space, and cyberspace forces in the context of distinct objectives, force capabilities, broad functional areas, and operational environments. Operational Doctrine provides the focus for developing the missions and tasks to be executed through tactical doctrine. Doctrine topics covered at length include Introduction to Force Development Force Development Construct Continuum of Learning Institutional Competencies and Common Guiding Principles. Doctrine at this level changes a bit more rapidly than basic doctrine, but usually only after deliberate internal service debate. Tactical Doctrine Tactical doctrine describes the proper employment of specific Air Force assets, individually or in concert with other assets, to accomplish detailed objectives. Tactical doctrine considers particular objectives, such as stopping the advance of an armored column, conditions, such as threats, weather, and terrain, and employment of Air Force assets. Air Force tactical doctrine is codified as tactics, techniques, and procedures in Air Force 3 Series manuals, many of which are classified due to their sensitive nature. Because tactical doctrine is closely associated with the employment of technology and emerging tactics, change will likely occur more rapidly than other levels of doctrine. 5.3 Uses of Doctrine Understanding the underlying technique used to structure doctrine helps amplify the point that doctrine should be written robustly, but broadly allowing decision-makers latitude in interpretation and flexibility in application, yet it should be specific enough to provide informed guidance. Understanding how doctrine is structured also illustrates the use of doctrine in explaining contentious issues and how doctrine can be used to focus thoughts and strategies more effectively through applying the best means of integrating various aspects of military power and organization. Key principles of doctrine are provided here. War fighting, not physics. The war fighting, not physics principle specifically addresses the perceived differences between operations in air, space, and cyberspace. Air, space, and cyberspace are separate domains requiring exploitation of different sets of physical laws, but are linked by the effects they can produce when integrated. For example, airmen should be more concerned with the best means of employing intelligence surveillance, and reconnaissance capabilities, rather than whether a platform is airborne or in orbit. Effects, not platforms. The effects, not platforms principle focuses on the desired outcome of a particular action more so than on the system or weapon that provides the effect. Effects-based operations begin with clear military objectives and the statement of desired end states. Air Force doctrine does not explicitly tie specific weapon systems to specific tasks or effects. Whether a B-52 or an F-16 accomplishes a given task or whether a platform is manned or unmanned is not nearly as important as the outcome of the mission. Using mediums, not owning mediums. The using mediums, 
Not owning mediums principle illustrates the importance of properly using a medium to obtain the best warfighting effects, not of carving up the battle space based on service or functional parochialism. Narrow-mindedness. Focusing on using a medium is a vital first step to integration of efforts. Arguments over ownership eventually lead to suboptimal application of efforts at the expense of the larger total effort. Organization, not organizations. The organization, not organizations principle refers to modern warfare demands that different services, different nations, and differing functions within a single service often need to be brought together intelligently to achieve unity of command and unity of effort. Doctrine explains why certain organizational structures are preferred over others and describes effective command relationships and command authorities. This facilitates the rapid stand-up of joint and service organizations during rapidly evolving situations. Ultimately, doctrine is not about whether one particular element of a joint force is more decisive than another, nor about suggesting that one element serve as the centerpiece of joint operations. It's the total, tailored force that's decisive. Synergy, not segregation. The synergy, not segregation principle acknowledges that segregation guarantees that the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. To allow synergy, airmen should have access to the entire theater of operations to maximize the ability to achieve objectives. Access should not be restricted from any area due to unnecessarily restrictive fire control measures. A synergistic mindset opens the battle space areas of operation and allows maximization of use of scarce, high demand, low-density capabilities and enhances combat effectiveness. Integration, not just synchronization. The integration, not just synchronization principle addresses the value of integration over synchronization. Synchronization is defined as the arrangement of military actions in time, space, and purpose to produce maximum relative combat power at a decisive place and time. Integration, by comparison, is defined as the arrangement of military forces and their actions to create a force that operates by engaging as a whole. Synchronization emphasizes timing, while integration considers priority and effect to be both efficient and effective with scarce results. The right force, not just equal shares of the force. The right force, not just equal shares of the force principle addresses the JP-1, Doctrine for the Armed Forces of the United States, statement that the integration of joint forces is designed to address both functional and geographic vulnerabilities, but forces will be selected based on those who can provide the capabilities needed in each operation. As one senior Air Force officer said, joint warfighting is not like Little League Baseball, where everybody gets a chance to play. Any given joint force should be tailored appropriately for the task at hand. Some operations will be land-centric, others air-centric, others maritime, cyberspace, or information-centric. The composition of the joint force and the tasks assigned to various elements should reflect the needs of the mission. 5.4 Principles of War Throughout the history of conflict, military leaders have noted certain principles that produce victory. Known as the principles of war, these aspects of warfare are found to be universally true and relevant. As members of the joint team, airmen should appreciate how these principles apply to all forces, 
but should most fully understand them as they pertain to the Air Force. Air power provides unique capabilities. No matter which service operates the systems and no matter which type of platform is used, these principles of war serve as guidance for leaders to evaluate potential courses of action. No one principle should be considered without due consideration of the others. The principles of war, combined with the additional tenets of air power, addressed in the next section, provide the basis for a sound and enduring doctrine for the air, space, and cyberspace forces of America's joint force. The nine principles of war, as defined in JP1, doctrine for the armed forces of the United States, are addressed here. Unity of command. Unity of command is vital in employing air power as it ensures concentration of effort for every objective under one responsible commander, with the authority and the capability to direct all force employment in pursuit of a common objective. Without allowing the wide-ranging interagency and non-governmental organizations involved to dilute unity of command, the Air Force's operational level perspective calls for unity of command to gain the most effective and efficient application of air power. Air power is the product of multiple capabilities, and centralized control is essential to effectively fuse these capabilities and provide unity of command. Economy of force. Economy of force is the judicious employment and distribution for the rational use of force by selecting the best mix of air, space, and cyberspace capabilities to ensure overwhelming combat power is available. Maximum efforts should be devoted to primary objectives and allocate minimum essential resources to secondary efforts. Economy of force may require a commander to establish a balance in the application of air power between attacking, defending, delaying. Or conducting other operations, such as information operations based on the priority of the objective or objectives. Also, priorities may shift rapidly from one type of mission, such as interdiction, to another, such as close air support. Although the principle of economy of force suggests the use of overwhelming force in one sense, it also recommends guarding against the overkill inherent in the use of more force than reasonably necessary. Maneuver. Maneuver places the enemy in a position of disadvantage through the flexible application of combat power in a multi-dimensional combat space. Air power's ability to conduct maneuver is not only a product of its speed and range, but maneuverability is also obtained through flexibility and versatility established during the planning and execution of operations. The principle of maneuver allows engagement anywhere, from any direction, at any time, forcing the adversary to be on guard everywhere. Applying the principle of maneuver will force the enemy to react, allowing the exploitation of successful friendly operations and reducing friendly vulnerabilities. Forward deployment of air power assets is one example of maneuver that, by its very presence, can reassure allies and deter aggressors. Objective: the principle of objective is to direct military operations toward a defined and attainable objective that contributes to established strategic, operational, and tactical goals. In a broad sense, the principle of objective holds that political and military goals should be aligned and clearly articulated. A clear national military strategy provides focus for defining campaign or theater objectives, while at the operational level, campaign or theater objectives determine military priorities. From the outset, air power can pursue tactical, operational, or strategic objectives in any combination, or all three simultaneously. From an airman's perspective, 
The principle of objective shapes priorities to allow air power to concentrate on theater or campaign priorities and seeks to avoid the siphoning of force elements to fragmented objectives. Security. The purpose of the principle of security is to never permit the enemy to acquire an unexpected advantage. Critical to security is understanding that it embraces physical, operations, and information security. Security may be obtained by staying beyond the enemy's reach, physically and virtually, as air power is uniquely suited to operate over the horizon. Security from physical and electronic intrusion conceals our capabilities and intentions, while allowing friendly forces to gather information on the adversary. Security through force protection is an integral part of protecting aircraft and fixed bases where they are especially vulnerable. Information is central to securing the outcome of a conflict, particularly with today's advanced communications and computer technologies. Security ensures our capabilities of withstanding aerial, ground, and cyberspace attacks while sustaining air, space, and cyberspace activities against the enemy. Offensive. The purpose of an offensive action is to seize, retain, and exploit the initiative, our initiative, as efficiently and effectively as possible. The offensive aim is to act rather than react and to dictate the time, place, purpose, scope, intensity, and pace of operations. While defensive measures may be required at times, success in war is generally attained while on the offensive. All military forces have offensive capabilities, and air power's ability to mass, maneuver, and operate independently or simultaneously at the tactical, operational, and strategic levels of war, provides global reach to directly and rapidly take the offensive and seize the initiative. Once seized, the initiative should be retained and fully exploited. Through prompt and sustained offensive actions designed to attain operational and strategic objectives, air power causes the enemy to react rather than act, denies them the offensive, and ultimately enables our forces to shape the conflict. Mass. Concentration of military power through mass is a fundamental consideration in all military operations. Today's air power is singularly able to launch an attack from widely dispersed locations and mass combat power at the objective. Whether that objective is a single physical location or a widely dispersed enemy system or systems, air power, with speed, range, and flexibility, complemented by accuracy and lethality of precision weapons and advances in information technologies, achieves mass through effectiveness of attack rather than by overwhelming numbers of forces or materials committed to the attack. Air Force cyberspace capabilities, often enabled by space systems, allow dispersed forces to collaborate to rapidly find, fix, track, and mark fleeting targets, and mass a response with precise effects around the globe. Surprise. Surprise is one of air power's strongest advantages. Surprise leverages the principle of security by attacking the enemy at a time, place, or in a manner for which they are not prepared. The speed and range of air, space, and cyberspace capabilities, coupled with their flexibility and versatility, enable the element of surprise and enhance and empower other forces to achieve surprise as well. Through surprise, the rapid global reach of air power can enable surface forces to reach foreign destinations quickly thus seizing the initiative. Simplicity. Simplicity calls for avoiding unnecessary complexity in organizing, preparing, planning, 
and conducting military operations. Simplicity ensures that guidance, plans, and orders are as simple and direct as a military objective allows. Simple guidance allows subordinate combatant commanders the freedom to operate creatively within their portion of the operational environment, supporting the concept of decentralized execution. Common equipment, a common understanding of service and joint doctrine, and familiarity with procedures through joint exercises and training can help overcome complexity while implementing straightforward plans, providing unambiguous organization, and establishing clearly defined command relationships. 5.5 Tenets of Air Power The application of air power is refined by several fundamental guiding truths. These truths are known as the tenets of air power. The tenets of air power reflect a unique historical and doctrinal evolution of air power, as well as a current appreciation for the nature of air power. While complementing the principles of joint operations, and as the principles of war provide general guidance on the application of military forces, these tenets provide special considerations for the employment of air power. These tenets require informed judgment in application and a skillful blending to tailor them to the ever-changing operational environment. Airmen at all levels must accept the fact that war is incredibly complex and no two operations are identical. The tenets of air power, as defined in Air Force Doctrine Volume 1, Basic Doctrine, are identified here. Centralized control and decentralized execution. Centralized control is control of a valuable yet scarce resource, air power, commanded by a designated single point of authority. Centralized control should be accomplished at a command level that maintains a broad focus on the objectives to direct, integrate, prioritize, plan, coordinate, and assess the use of air, space, and cyberspace assets across the range of military operations. Centralized control may be designated at different levels within a combatant command depending on how the component is organized. Shifting priorities for use of available assets and the nature of the supporting command and control architecture. Decentralized execution is the delegation of authority to designated lower-level commanders and other tactical-level decision-makers to achieve an effective span of control and to foster disciplined initiative and tactical flexibility. It allows subordinate levels to exploit situational responsiveness and fleeting opportunities in rapidly changing, fluid situations. The benefits inherent in decentralized execution are maximized only when a commander clearly communicates intent and subordinate combatant commanders frame their actions accordingly. Together, centralized control and decentralized execution of air power provide broad global or theater-wide focus while allowing operational flexibility to meet military objectives. Centralized control and decentralized execution assure concentration of effort while maintaining economy of force and exploiting air power's versatility to ensure it remains responsive, survivable, and sustainable. Through centralized control and decentralized execution, a single component commander focused on the broader aspects of an operation can best balance or mediate urgent demands for tactical support against longer-term strategic and operational requirements. The ability to concentrate the air effort to fulfill the highest priorities for effects and to quickly shift the effort can only be accomplished through centralized control. On the other hand, the flexibility to take advantage of tactical opportunities and to effectively respond to shifting local circumstances can only be achieved through decentralized execution. Flexibility and versatility 
With flexibility and versatility, AirPower has the potential to achieve unmatched synergy through asymmetric and parallel operations. Flexibility allows AirPower to shift from one campaign objective to another quickly and decisively. To hit fielded enemy forces on a pre-planned sortie, then re-roll assets quickly to support an unanticipated need for close air support of friendly troops in contact with enemy forces. Versatility is the ability to employ air power effectively at the strategic, operational, and tactical levels of war and provide a wide variety of tasks in concert with other joint elements. Space and cyberspace capabilities are especially able to simultaneously support multiple taskings around the globe and support tasks at all levels of warfare. Synergistic effects. The proper synergistic application of a coordinated force across multiple domains can produce desired effects that exceed the contributions of forces otherwise employed individually. Rather than causing the destruction of a large number of targets through attrition warfare, the objective of achieving synergistic effects is the precise, coordinated application of the various elements of air power and surface power to bring disproportionate pressure upon enemy leaders to comply with our national will, affecting their intent, or to cause functional defeat of the enemy forces, affecting their capability. Air power is unique in its ability to dictate the tempo and direction of an entire warfighting effort regardless of the scale of the operation. Persistence Air, space, and cyberspace operations may be conducted continuously against a broad spectrum of targets with persistence. Air power's exceptional speed and range allow its forces to visit and revisit wide ranges of targets or territories nearly at will and with resolve. Air power does not have to occupy terrain or remain constantly in proximity to areas of operation to bring a powerful response. Space forces, in particular, hold the ultimate high ground. As space systems continue to advance and proliferate, they offer the potential for persistent overhead access. Unmanned aircraft systems offer similar possibilities from the atmosphere. Persistence keeps pressure on and denies the enemy the ability to circumvent strategic effects. Demonstrations of persistent operations could range from maintaining a continuous flow of material to peacetime distressed areas, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance capabilities monitoring adversaries, assuring targets are kept continually out of commission, or ensuring resources and facilities are denied an enemy or provided to an ally during a specified time. The end result would be to deny the opponent an opportunity to seize the initiative and to directly accomplish assigned tasks. Concentration One of the most constant and important trends throughout military history has been the effort of applying concentrated, overwhelming power at the decisive time and place. Because the versatility of air power, with its lethality, speed, and persistence, makes it an attractive option for many tasks, the demand often exceeds the available forces. Without concentration of efforts, fragmentation of the integrated air power effort could occur in attempts to fulfill the many demands of the mission. To prevent the triple risk of failing to achieve operational level objectives, delaying or diminishing the attainment of decisive effects and increasing the attrition rate of the force, airmen should guard against the inadvertent dilution of air power effects resulting from high demand and maintain the capability of employing concentrated efforts when most applicable. Priority. The application of air power should be balanced among its ability to conduct operations at all levels of war, often simultaneously. 
Commanders of all components and all levels should establish clear priorities for the use of air power to effectively prioritize their requirements for coordinated air power effects. The Air Component Commander should assess the possible uses of component forces and their strengths and capabilities to support the overall joint campaign. Limited resources require that air power be applied where it can make the greatest contribution to the most critical current joint force commander requirements. Balance Balance is an essential guideline for all air component commanders. Much of the skill of an air component commander is reflected in the dynamic and correct balancing of the principles of joint operations and the tenets of air power. An air component commander should balance combat opportunity, necessity, effectiveness, efficiency, and the impact on accomplishing assigned objectives against the associated risk to friendly forces. An airman is uniquely and best suited to determine the proper theater-wide balance between offensive and defensive air operations and among strategic, operational, and tactical applications. Air, space, and cyberspace assets are normally available only in finite numbers. Thus, balance is a crucial determinant for mission requirements.